as we get closer to the celebration of Christmas, I think we've all probably seen a lot of different Christmas trees being kind of raised all over the place. We have our wonderful Christmas tree already here in the hall, different places in malls around city halls. We always see the Christmas tree. And this tree, of course, is a very poignant symbol with its evergreen leaves of life. In the readings that we see today, trees as well are used with great symbolism. And I'd like to discuss this morning three trees that we find presented to us in today's liturgy. In the first reading, the prophet Isaiah uses the image of a tree to describe the new life that God brings in an almost hopeless situation. So the prophet Isaiah, as we heard in the first reading, says, On that day, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. So this is one of the most evocative images that we get at this time of year. We're presented with this image of a stump that looks dead, that looks barren. But lo and behold, beyond hope, some sprout comes forth from this stump. Now to better understand what the prophet Isaiah is saying by means of this image, it's helpful to know a little bit about the historical situation. So if you find history boring, you have my permission to tune out just for a couple of minutes. I'll maybe snap or something when the history lesson is done, but I, I think it's interesting anyway. So the prophet Isaiah is preaching this message in the year around 735 before Christ. Uh, the prophet Isaiah is in Jerusalem. At this time, the kingdom of the north, Israel, it's called, and the kingdom of the south, Judah, have long since separated. And at Isaiah's time, 735, things look kind of good. It's a time of financial prosperity. There is, however, a looming threat starting to build and develop. And this threat is the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire was based up in the north in Mesopotamia. And they were one of the world's first uh, large empires that was kind of going to conquer various different kingdoms. So the kingdom of Israel at this time and Judah were under threat that the Assyrian Empire would come down and destroy both Israel and Judah. And in fact, this would happen 20 years later to the northern kingdom. Israel would be destroyed by the Assyrian Empire. So at this time then, the kingdom of the north, Israel, the king there, went to talk to the king in the south, King Ahaz in Jerusalem. And he said, look, Ahaz, we've had our differences in the past. I know we haven't always gotten along, but look, we have a common enemy, the Assyrian Empire. Let's join a coalition and fight them off together. And in response to this, King Ahaz said, thank you, but no thank you. We here in the south will take our chances with the Assyrian Empire. So what happened then is that the king of the north, Israel, invaded the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. So it's a very hopeless situation for the kingdom of Judah, particularly because King Ahaz has no descendant. King Ahaz has no heir who would succeed him, and it looks like really his kingdom will be blotted out. So at this time, all the promises that God made to David about there always being a king on the throne, that God would always care for Jerusalem, seem to be under threat. It's really this is the barren stump that is there. All seems lost in the southern kingdom of Judah. But in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of this hopelessness, the prophet Isaiah proclaims this message that from this seemingly barren stump, a sprout shall blossom forth. New life will come out of darkness. 
Now, as is often the case in these biblical prophecies, there is a fulfillment at the time or around the time when the prophet is active. However, it has a further fulfillment in Jesus Christ. So this prophecy actually was fulfilled then at the time of King Ahaz. His wife bore a child who was Hezekiah, who was a great king and ensured peace and prosperity for the people. They believed that God was caring through, for them through Hezekiah. However, we believe that this prophecy is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ, who is a descendant of David, who is a king unlike any other kings, who came, gave his life for us, and created true and lasting peace and harmony among people. So in the first reading then, we see this image of a tree used to communicate hope, that God always, and especially through Jesus, brings goodness and new life in seemingly desperate situations. In the gospel, however, we see the image of the tree used in a very different setting. In the gospel today, we were introduced to the figure of John the Baptist, who looms large during this Advent season, this strange enigmatic figure who is kind of wearing funny clothes, eating funny food, eating locusts and honey in the wilderness. And that John the Baptist used the image of a tree in the following way. John the Baptist said, even now the ax lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. This is quite a scary, very evocative image John the Baptist is using. But John the Baptist, as we know, always prepares for Jesus, prepares for Jesus. And at Advent, we're doing this as well. And sometimes, and John the Baptist makes this clear, there's areas in our life that need to be pruned. There's aspects of our life, maybe, that block the way for Jesus's life, his blessings, to flourish fully in our life. We can think about unforgiveness, perhaps, or bad habits, or addictions, or ways of thinking that are not helpful for us, that hinder the grace of Jesus in our life. And John the Baptist tells us that these need to be pruned out so that the fullness of life Christ brings can flourish among us. Some years ago when I was teaching, there was this wonderful tree outside my office, and every year around fall, an arborist would come and prune this tree. And this arborist was kind of more of an artist. He'd be there with his clippers, he'd have kind of in his holsters, and he'd take a long time. And when he was done with this tree, it looked like there were no uh, branches left, really. But always then, in the spring, new life would come forth. This arborist knew what he was doing. He knew which branches needed to be cut so the tree could grow healthy. This ultimately is what God wants to do in our lives, to cut back the dead wood branches that prevent the fullness of life that Jesus brings us from blossoming forth. The third and final tree then that we can think about in today's liturgy is a tree we might not think about, but maybe some of you are looking at now. And this tree is the cross. In our Catholic tradition, we always considered that the cross somehow is a tree, a tree of life. And in the ancient church, they had an expression or a prayer. They said, uh, behold how the cross or the wood of the cross stands revealed as the tree of life. Behold how the wood of the cross stands revealed as the tree of life. Of course, hearkening back to the Garden of Eden. In the cross of Jesus Christ, we find a paradox. We find this idea of these two images, pruning and new life, coming together. That Jesus Christ ultimately gives all. We could say he is fully pruned 
And when things seem hopeless, new life comes through the cross for Jesus, the resurrection, but also for us. John the Baptist prepares the way for Christ the King, but Christ is unlike any other king. Jesus, who we prepare ourselves to welcome at Christmas, was born in poverty in a manger. He gave his life for us. This king giving his life for those below him is something unheard of. But we see ultimately in the cross, this other tree, this combination where we are pruned and ultimately new life grows. And we too can consider in the crosses in our life, in the struggles, the difficulties, the challenges, that God's grace is active. This is something very hopeful that we find in this message. In struggles, perhaps with family members, at work, with health, God is with us. He's pruning us, perhaps. It can be painful, but new life will certainly blossom. So today then, as we prepare ourselves deeper and deeper for the coming of Christ at Christmas, perhaps we can remind ourselves that the next time we look at a tree around, just to remember briefly the cross, that the cross ultimately is this tree of life. In the cross, whether it be the cross of Christ or the own crosses in our life, we find that although there is pain, struggle, there is pruning, new life, new hope and goodness will surely grow.